All right, so this is what we're talking about. Um, we're talking about something that's going to sound so practical that it should be on the Dr. Phil show, okay? Um, but there's so much scripture in it that it would never make the air, okay? So just bear with me. The title of the message is Eat, Nap, Sweat, Play. Eat, Nap, Sweat, Play. All right, so let's all say that uh, three times when I get to three, all right? One, two, three. All right. Presley did not participate, and it's my daughter, so now everybody has to do it over again. Okay, real loud. One, two, three. Perfect. Uh, Before I get too deep into the practical side of it, let me remind us all that spirituality and practicality run in parallel. So sometimes people are so saved that they're oversaved, right? Have you ever met someone oversaved? We all know that person where you say, oh, I've lost my keys. And they say, well, as long as you don't lose your soul. Does anyone have anyone in their family like that? Is anyone sitting next to somebody who's like that? Right? Hear me say, before we get there, let me say a few things. For those of you that that know me well because you've been coming to church here for a long time, you know the passion of my heart is prayer. I love praying. Um, And I emphasize almost every single week First uh, Thessalonians 5.17, don't ever, 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 ever stop praying. Pray out loud, pray in your head, pray in your heart. Just always be aware of his presence. Ephesians chapter 6, verse 18, it says, pray in the spirit at all times. So we're constantly, constantly praying, constantly staying connected to him. But there are some times when the most spiritual thing you can do is eat, take a nap, go sweat, go have some fun. Now let me unpack this from a spiritual standpoint. Eat is the first point. Uh, There was a guy named Elijah, and he was a mighty man of God. He was a mighty, one of the most mighty guys you can read about in the Bible. But he went into a depression that was so deep that he was asking God, just take me. I'm done. I just, just take me. That's how deep the depression was. An angel of God from the throne room of God comes down to encourage him. And this is what he says. Would you eat something? Have something to eat. Now, some of you, you think, Frankie, this is the Frankie International version. That's not what he said. He said a whole bunch of thou arts and and all that. No, he said eat. You can look it up for yourself. It's in 1 Kings chapter 19. The angel showed up and said, eat something. Sometimes you can be so hungry physically that you imagine that all hell is fighting against you. And really, you just need a bowl of pasta. It's not the devil fighting you. You just need some dinner. 
in all honesty, I was, I was on the boat yesterday with, with my son. It was just he and I on the boat. And um, we needed to get some gas. And there were 7,000 boats all trying to get gas at this one little gas station thing. And, and so we're trying to get through all these boats. And, and then we finally get there and we, we're, um, we're pumping gas. And I go in the gas station. I come out and I got a, a plastic bag full of food in it. And my son later tells me after we got home, when I saw you come out of that gas station carrying food, I thought to myself, oh, thank God he's got food. Now we can start having fun. (laughs) He goes, because I could tell you were in a bad mood. And it was like five minutes later after you ate that bar, you were in a great mood. And that's what I thought. Oh, my, my heart sunk, right? I was like, I want that t-shirt that says, forgive me for all the things I said while I was hungry. (laughs) Right? It's like, I'm sorry that I was a total jerk. I wasn't. And when you are hungry, you can think to yourself that you are losing every battle on earth. And sometimes, see, when I was 22, I could skip lunch and be skinny again. Now, if I stay skinny or I'm going to stay skinny, I have to eat grass all week long. (laughs) If I have one thing that tastes good, I carry it around for 24 hours. So I pretty much got to eat grass all day long. And I'm not going to get one ruby for it because I'm in a bad attitude every time I'm eating it. And the only time the grass is good is whenever I make it unhealthy by putting like bacon on it. Are you with me? Can we have a family moment? Some of you guys are so holy. I don't know what you're talking about. I just fast all day and pray. So if I go three or four or five days and I'm eating really, really, really clean, all of a sudden I start thinking, this is just me. I start thinking, man, God's not listening to me. (laughs) The devil's after me. My wife is going to leave me. And I can't even write a country song about it. (laughs) And then I'll hear from God. And honestly, honestly, go have something to eat. So I'll go eat a bowl of pasta with some bolognese sauce. And all of a sudden, God loves me. (laughs) Things aren't that bad. The devil's not after me. Honestly, how many of you are just not a good person when you're hungry? The next time you start thinking that your life stinks, consider having something to eat before you make that determination. Honestly. Because here's the deal. Our feelings lie to us. I've woken up in the morning and thought that I'm not spiritual and, and I, I'm, I'm in the doghouse with God. I have lunch and all of a sudden I feel like me and God are like, like I might as well be Moses or Abraham. All I did was eat lunch. Your emotions lie to you. They lie, they lie, they lie. Do not trust your emotions. Number two, take a nap. I'm really not preaching to any of you guys. My wife is in the room and I'm gonna try to get clearance on taking a nap, okay? So just, (laughs) but it is in the Bible. That was just just being silly. She's kind, she lets me take naps. But it is in the Bible. And if anyone here wants to get a tattoo, I don't have any tattoos. I'm never going to have a tattoo. But if you want to get a tattoo, this should be your tattoo. 
Jesus took naps, so should you. <laughs> that should be your tattoo. Mr. Brett, you have tattoos, right? That should be your next tattoo. Jesus took naps, right? Yeah, right here. What do you call that? A what? A what? It's called a throat tattoo. <laughs> I thought it was, there was a special name for it. Jesus took naps. People who are sleep deprived are prone to make mistakes. So let me put some scientific substance to this point. Because if you read, first of all, let me put some spiritual substance to it. Luke chapter 8 Jesus was taking a nap on a boat. If Jesus needs a nap, you need a nap. Let me get to getting, let, let me put some science into this thing. The National Sleep Foundation recommends 20 to 30 minute naps as a natural way to restore alertness and prevent the burnout that occurs after a long day. Next graphic, please. The archives of internal medicine, people who take three or more naps a week have a 37% reduced risk of heart disease. This may in part have to do with the stress relieving effects of napping. The final benefit of a 30 minute power nap is that it leads to an increase in productivity. Isn't there one more graphic underneath this? Um, yes. Famous people who are dedicated to napping, John F. Kennedy, John D. Rockefeller, Thomas Edison, Napoleon, Napoleon Bonaparte, Ronald Reagan, Frankie Mazapika. Like, <laughs> now, here's the thing. Some of you are not nappers. My wife is not a napper. She can lay down and close her eyes for 30 minutes and nothing will happen. All she did was close her eyes. She, did, she can't fall asleep. Me, on the other hand, I'm asleep before I lay my head down. So napping is not necessary for everyone. Okay. The point is, is that napping is good. Napping is healthy. Sometimes it's not the devil. You need a nap and other people it's not napping. You just need to get a, you need to be a little bit more strict on when you go to bed and when you wake up, you need to be a little bit more strict. Everyone say, I got that. Say, I got it. Now, here's the thing. I'm just going to talk just to the married people. Okay. Married people. And, and especially if you have younger kids, I've been married for 19 years. Give me a hand for that. You, you should be giving her a hand because she had to put up with me for 19 years. But um, if I'm on my way home from work and I have already decided when I get home, I'm taking a nap, right? How many of you have had that thought? When I get home, I'm taking a nap. That's really the whisper of God saying, take a nap, take a nap. But I know that it's kind of unfair if I come home and we got three kids, two dogs and six chickens. Don't know how that got in my life. <laughs> Welcome to my world. It's unfair for me to come home from work and just like, peace out. Good luck, Allie. And go to sleep and tell her good luck. So if I know that I'm going to take a nap, I'm already saying in my head, I'm going to do dinner tonight. I'm going to clean the dishes tonight. I'm going to get everything calm. And then I'm going to take the nap. So make an investment before you make a withdrawal is what I'm trying to say. Are you with me? Say yes. I only got wives clapping on that one. 
Let me go to sweat. Sweat is key. I I recently did a study on how much Jesus walked. He walked to an average of 2.8 miles a day for the three and a half year ministry that he had. 2.8 miles per day. Let's just call that three. Three miles a day. But when he walked, it wasn't like in a treadmill at Gold's Gym. It is in desert regions. Now, raise your hand if you've been to the Middle East. You've been to, it's hot, man. It is hot. It makes, it makes Texas look like California. Seriously, it's hot. It's hot. I was stood out there on the mount, I saw the Mount of Temptation and I was like, man, don't tempt me with anything because I'm going to fall apart. It is hot. It is hot, hot, hot. Three miles a day. Sweating, sweating, sweating. Let me re- let me put some science under this as some substance. Um, um, exercise. Now I got this from the uh, from the National Center of um, of um, what does it say in the app? Anxiety and depression. Anxiety and pre- depression. The the national. Something or another, <laughs> anxiety and depression, exercise and other physical activities produce endorphins, chemicals in the brain that act as natural painkillers and also improve the ability to sleep. How many of you, don't raise your hand, how many of you are having a hard time sleeping at night? Go sweat. Go sweat. Sleep, which, uh, which in turn reduces stress. Next graphic, please. Scientists have found that regular participation in aerobic exercise has been shown to decrease overall levels of tension, elevate and stabilize mood. Elevate, stabilize mood. When you're in a bad mood, you think Satan himself is... No, you need to go outside and sweat. Don't give the devil more credit than what he needs. Go sweat. Go sweat. Improve sleep and improve self-esteem. Let me say it this way. If you are not sweating on a regular basis, you are losing somewhere. I don't know where you're losing. You know where you're losing. I don't know where you're losing. But if you're not sweating every day, you're losing somewhere. Here's the other thing. Jesus, for those of you that are not exercise people, I don't think that he walked any faster than this. Don't raise the bar too high. Go out there and walk for 30 minutes. Here's the thing. If you can't do the walking and you're a vegetable gardening kind of person, Go out there and garden for 30 minutes and sweat in the heat. You live in Houston. It's a great advantage. You can just walk to the car and sweat. (laughs) Just walk to the car, back to the front door. Walk to the car, back to the front door. If you do not sweat, you are not the best you. Joel Osteen got that from me. So live your best life now (laughs) and go sweat. Number four, have fun. I was talking to somebody in our church recently 
prayer warrior. If you have a problem, you call this woman. Hell fears her prayers. She called me up. She's like, I don't know what to do. Uh, I'm going to quit the prayer partner team. I can't take it anymore. I'm praying every day. I'm seeking God every day. I go in my closet and I pray every day. I don't know what's going on. I said, you know what you need to do? Go have a vacation. That's what you need to do. Stop praying. Go have a vacation. Go have some fun. Ecclesiastes chapter 3 verse 4. It says this. There is a time to cry. There is a time to laugh. There is a time to mourn. There is a time to dance. Now some of you dance like me. You just stay in the pocket. (laughs) I, I can't even stay in the pocket. Right? It's not talking about dancing. It's including dancing. But it's not talking about dancing. It's, it's the opposite of mourning. So when it says at the beginning of the verse, there's a time to cry, there's a time to laugh. Laughing is the opposite of crying. So mourning, what's the opposite of mourning? Not dancing, it's, it's rejoicing, it's having fun. Whatever it is that helps you have fun. If you are not having fun on a regular basis, you are dying a slow death. Your life is not as horrible as you think it is. And let's not blame our wife because your life is horrible. And don't blame your husband because your life is horrible. Don't blame your mother-in-law. I guess you could. (laughs) I... It's nobody's fault, right? If you're miserable, listen to me. If you're miserable, it's no one's fault. I can change the pieces of your life 17 times and you're still going to find a way to be miserable because you're influenced by external circumstances. If external circumstances can determine your level of misery, you're going to be miserable on, on, doesn't matter what the circumstances are. I can go back in your life 10 years where those circumstances didn't exist and you were still back crazy. Do you understand what I'm saying? Two years ago, three years ago, you didn't have these same characters in your life. You didn't have these same problems in your life right? It's an internal thing. If you go, no, I was happy 10 years ago. Did you have problems 10 years ago? Yeah. Okay. So you were at a better place internally then than you are now. What were you doing then that you're not doing now? It's internal because you had characters in your life 10 years ago. You had problems in your life 10 years ago. It's not like you were tiptoeing through the, the tulips 10 years ago. You had problems then too. You got different problems now. Man, I'm all up in somebody's mix right now. I don't know who you are, but hello, I'm in your house. You've got to have fun. You've got to have fun. Why am I talking about this? Why am I, to be honest with you, I don't really like this sermon. I really don't. I don't like it because it's so Dr. Phil feeling, you know, it's like, Go play, go sweat, go eat. I don't like it. it, I almost pitched it. I was this close to pitching it. 
But it's, I'm so aware of the fact that when Jesus said in Matthew 26, 41, he says, he goes, watch and pray. He goes, your flesh is weak, but your spirit is willing. He's saying, you've got flesh and you've got spirit. You've got to be able to monitor both. And if you don't monitor both, something's going to fall apart. It, life is like the sweetest hamburger in the world. And you need two pieces of bread to hold it all together. Right? You take one piece of bread away, which is your physical, and it's going to be a mess. You take another piece of bread away, which is the spiritual, it's going to be a mess. If you're really good at one but not the other, you still got a mess on your hands. Are you with me? Say yes. So everybody go to Olive Garden. <laughs> Why is this important to me? I don't want us to think our life is horrible and really all we need is a vacation. I don't want us all to think that our life is horrible and really all we need is go take a nap. Go sweat. Sweat out the stress. And that's not a fortune cookie. That's, that's, that's science-based. Go sweat it out. Go plant 400 potatoes. I don't care. Sweat. Everybody say sweat. sweat. When we are dialed in physically and spiritually, we begin to see God moving through us because the obstacles are out of the way. For the last two and a half years, if you're new here, our church is 15 years old. For the last two and a half years, after a series of events, there's just been miracles and healings. Every time we go to pray for people, people get healed. And, and uh, to build your faith, uh, I want uh, Allison Parker. Uh, she's a trooper. She's told her testimony uh, three times. And what's so, what's so, what I think is so sweet, the first service, she had notes, but now it's like you've told it so many times now. You got it down, girl. So stand so. right here and, and share everyone your story. It's Go ahead. It's different every time. Um, I get it now. <laughs> um, so last Sunday, Frankie called out a very specific pain, and I couldn't deny that it was my pain. It's a pain that I've had here in my wrist for about seven years. I did injure it. And I kept re-injuring it and re-injuring it. Um, and then I got to where I ignored it. And then I got to where I just have workarounds. So um, my workarounds included doing everything with my left hand. <laughs> um, so I'd hold my coffee with my left hand. I would drive with my left hand. It Basically, it hurt to grip my steering wheel. It just hurt to grip anything. Um, so all of my workarounds worked pretty good for me in my, my life other than writing. And writing is something that's really important to me. Um, I'm not a writer by any means, but I like to journal and I like to write down my prayers and I like to, when God gives me a word, I like to write it in my journal. I like the date by it. I, I can reflect on it. I can go back to it. I can see what he's done. Um, th this weekend I was reflecting back on my journals and I went back a couple of years in one of them and the stuff that I was asking him about two years ago seemed impossible. And it's stuff now that he's absolutely come full circle on. And I'm like, wow, God, you're good. You're really good. Um, and the reason I couldn't deny it last Sunday, um, he didn't give me any outs last Sunday at all. And he hasn't, he still hasn't given me any outs today. Um, 
any workarounds. Um, last Sunday, I couldn't deny it because I was sitting in my living room and I said out loud, um, I was taking notes, I was listening to a sermon online that, of a preacher I like, and um, I said out loud, God, I wish my hand just didn't hurt. And I put my pen down and I rubbed my hand and I think I stopped writing. And I wouldn't have remembered it at all, probably. It was just, I said it out loud. Um, except that two hours later, Frankie's like, uh, someone that has a pain right here. And I'm like, shoot, I said that in my living room. And I thought of David, and he said, um, I love the Lord. I love the Lord because he hears my voice. And I was like, hmm, he heard my voice in my living room. I, I, and here I am. Um, so David also went on to say, um, he said, rest my soul, for the Lord has dealt bountifully with you. And um, this is the part I forgot to say the last two services, two parts I forgot to say. My daughter Presley reminded me that I forgot to say that my wrist was healed. But I forgot to say, when I came down and Frankie was praying for my wrist, um, my wrist instantly felt better. I mean, it just felt like warm, ooey, gooey, glue, gold, molten awesomeness, and it just felt good. Um, no pain. But I also felt the presence of God in a way that I hadn't felt it before. And um, I... I David goes on to say, the third thing he says is, um, what will I do now that he's done all this for me? What will I do? And he's reflecting on it, and he just can't believe that God's heard his voice, and he's like, what am I going to do with all these awesome things? And he says, I will stand in the presence of all the people, and I will tell it, and I will lift the Lord's name high, and I will hold my cup of salvation up, and um, I will just say cheers to the Lord and do this in the presence of all the people. So um, I had one affirmation after another that I was going to be standing here, and I always said I wouldn't be unless I heard the voice of the Lord say, you're going to be standing here. Um, and I did. It sounded a lot like Debbie Starnes. And if Debbie Starnes has asked you to do anything, you know what I mean? Um, so here I am. Um, again, he, so I, my hand was healed. I felt this presence. Um, I immediately heard God also say to me, um, I was having all these crazy thoughts about why does the presence feel different? Why does it feel so weighty and heavy and uncomfortable and powerful? Um, and I felt him say, daughter, let me deal with you bountifully like only I can. And he did. He knew that I was never going to ask for my hand to be healed. He knew that he wanted to do that. He knew that he knew all the places in my heart that needed healing. And it's not just a one Sunday thing when it comes to my heart. It's a last five year thing. But he's done all of that only in the way he can and, and bountifully. Um, I did just want to say the story that I was reading at the time was the story of the, the woman with the issue of blood. And um, I also feel like he showed me over the course of this week, um, journaling and writing to him, and my hand didn't hurt. I wrote a lot. Um, that he, he, he told me, he's like, there's a small part of you. And it's not all of me, because most of me is like, yes, go God. Like, what's next? I'm ready. But there's a small part of you that, that is like the woman with the issue of blood. And you think um, you're... You, you think you only need that scrap of the tail of his garment. And I have so much more for you. And he knew that I needed my hand and he knew that I needed that manifest presence that morning um, to feel the fullness of his joy. That's so good. That's so good. Thank you. Thank you. You did a fantastic job. Did a fantastic job. So, um, you know, every service is different. And, um, you know, about this time of the service is a, a really like, I lean in and I just ask the Lord, is there any particular person that you want to heal? And, and he, you know, oftentimes he gives me, you know, this word of knowledge. But I want to emphasize that this church is not about 
the man of God that the Lord uses to heal. Most of the healings that happen here are from the prayer partners, and I have nothing to do with it. I wasn't even in the conversation, and, and I find out about it on Monday or Tuesday. The word of knowledge just happens from anyone that is familiar with that gift. And so um, I'm going to do something I've never done before. Um, if you're a prayer partner and you've moved in a word of knowledge before here, uh, you're one of our prayer partners. You're not a prayer partner at another church. You're one of our prayer partners. Um, I want you to stand up. If you're one of our prayer partners and you've moved into knowledge, word of knowledge here, I want you to stand up. Okay. All right. Okay. Boom. Come on down here. Um, and I'm going to give you uh, about 30 seconds to lean in and find out if the Lord is going to tell you anything. Um, and if he doesn't, he doesn't. Just say no. I, he hasn't. He's not telling me anything. But this is what I, this is what I want to model for you. It's not the pastor. It's, it's not. It's not because I'm the pastor. Healings only happen with me. I wish all of you were in the second service. Oh my goodness. Second service was unbelievable. Um, Allison was given her testimony, and I felt like the Lord told me there's somebody in the crowd that needs to be healed in the exact place that she needs, that she, she was healed, in the exact same place, and have Allison do it. Have Allison pray for him. So I came up here and I said, is there anyone that has a pet? I think there is someone. Is there someone here in this room that has a, the, a pain in, this, in, in your right hand? Anyone? I'm going to let you think about that. You don't have to be hurting right now. Let me finish my test, my testimony. You don't have to be hurting right now, but you have trouble there often. So anyway, I say it, and nobody raises their hand. So I'm like, okay. So I come back to it. I'm like, I really feel like there's somebody in the room. Nobody raises their hand again. I'm like, okay, that's fine. I've, I've missed it before. And so finally, this guy raises his hand. It's like, all right, it's me. He was like sitting right there. So he comes walking down. I said, Allison, you're supposed to pray for him, not me. And then it dawns on me, some of these people in the crowd have never seen a miracle before. And so I, I felt like the Lord was like, let them see the miracle. So he come, I said, bring him on the stage. She prays for him in front of everybody. He turns around. The pain is completely gone. And he's like, I don't know what I'm feeling right now, but I'm feeling like tingling all over my body. So the pain was gone, and then all of a sudden it was replaced by the presence of God. And I had very, very little to do with it. The only thing I did was give God an opportunity. And now I'm not going to have anything to do with this moment. Um... I'm trying to get myself out of the moment. You see me trying to get out. Um, do you have a word? If you do, you do. If you don't, you don't. Uh, go ahead. I do. Um, for some reason, since this service started, 
all my right arm has been tingling. Like I feel like there's something bothering me which I had not been feeling ever. This is the first time that I'm feeling from, from the shoulder down all the way to my fingers. I feel like something tingling and bothering me, uh, like almost, you know, when you say that your nerves are bothering you. Yeah. So uh, if that's anyone is that, here. Is that anyone in this room? It's the whole you arm in the hand, the right it side. Right now, you're feeling it right now, or this is something that you deal with. And I'm also curious about the, the wrist thing or the hand thing. And if I've missed it and she's missed it, that's fine. We don't mind standing up here and say, hey, we thought we heard from God and we didn't. All right, Rhonda. Um, and um, and wh- which one is it? It's your arm? She described it for you? All right, excellent. Stand right here. Is there anyone else that's dealing with the? So what Miriam just described, she raised her hand and she said, okay, that's what I'm dealing with. Is there anyone else? Sometimes it's more than one person. Sometimes it's more than one person. Brian, do you have an impression or no? I've just been asking for the Lord to give me an impression and I didn't really, haven't really gotten a strong impression. See, that's what I love. We got to be, that's, that's why you should love our church and trust our church. Because if we miss it, we say we missed it. If you don't have a word, you don't have a word. But if we're right and we did hear from God, the healing happens. Now, let me go back. Does anyone else need to raise their hand for either one of those situations? What is it with you? It's your wrist? All right, come on over here. And you're going to pray for her because you have an anointing for it. You're going to pray for her. So it's your right wrist. Yeah. What about you? Your right shoulder and your arm. Okay. Your right wrist. Okay. your right it's your right right wrist but also involving your fingers all right great um yes so every so there's six of you here no there's five of you you're praying (laughs) okay give me the um the right arm on this side and then the other three of you that's the wrist on this side so she knows who to pray for perfect is there anyone else in the room sometimes um, somebody will come up to me after the, I'm glad you're standing up. Sometimes people will come down and grab me in the foyer and like, I was too embarrassed to raise my hand. And I'm like, okay, I don't mind, but there's people in the room that their faith could have went up if you would have raised your hand. Okay. Um, why or is it your arm or your wrist? Your arm. Okay. Carpal tunnel and okay, arthritis. Okay, all right. You got your work cut out for you. Um, you guys come over here. No, help me. <laughs> Forgot what's going on. Arm? No, wrist. You're over here. Right. Okay. Wrist. A left arm. Okay. So stay right there. Okay. All right. I'm not gonna. I've I've had to do this before. It's too much for one person. I need um, some prayer partners. Um, Adam, thank you so much for raising your hand. (laughs) Allie, come on down here. Um, Are you a prayer partner? All right, come on down here. 
Um, okay, so I want you to pray for the first two. And um, um, I want you to pray for these two right here, these two. Allison, I want you to pray for these two. And um, um, Allie, you pray. Not yet, though, not yet, not yet. And then I want you to pray for him. Um, oh, that other prayer partner. I don't want to put all the work on you. Come over here, and I want you to pray for Rhonda, because she's probably healed right now, aren't you? <laughs> you are. All the pain is gone. I knew it. 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 Come on up here. I knew it. I knew it. God is amazing. Tell everybody what just happened. Well, I'll tell you, I, when Pastor Frankie last weekend was talking about the right side of your arm or, well, hand or whatever, I'm like, God, please say the right part, you know? And so I left, and it hurt like one time during the week, and then it just went away, and then it kind of came and went, and then he called it. You she called, called it. it. She called it. She, you called she, it. But and it was hurting when she called it. It was hurting. Not. It was hurting this week. This, this week. week. Yeah. Okay. But it, it's been hurting for nine months. Nine months. Mm-hmm. Was it hurting at all during this service? No. Good. So you've already experienced your healing. I have. <laughs> I love the Lord. I love God. I love God. All right. Well, go sit down then. Everybody stand up on your feet for me, please. This is what I want you to do. I want you to come back next Sunday. And I don't know which testimony we'll pick. But um, remember this. If you get healed at Celebration Church, it's your responsibility to tell us about it okay it's your responsibility email the church give God glory it's your responsibility to give him glory it's my responsibility to stay away from the glory are you with me let me pray for you father in the name of Jesus in the name of Jesus if you're in this room and you're thinking to yourself my life is not right with God my life is not right with God you're in this room and you're thinking that I want you to whisper to the Lord I'm sorry for my sins please forgive me she just raised your hands there's a sweet spirit of the Lord here and I don't want to I don't want to dismiss you I don't want to dismiss you how's that for honesty I don't want to dismiss you I want the worship team to play and I want you to stay until you get ready to leave if you have children in the children's area Let's not take advantage of those teachers. So I want you to go back there and get your kids. And if you want to come back in here and worship, that's fine. But let's just worship him a little bit. If you do have kids in the children's area, sing for about five minutes. Worship him for about five minutes and then go get your kids. But there's a sweet presence here. And we live our whole life wanting to be in his presence. Um... Uh, I want Arion to sing something. I don't, just pick a song. We live our whole life 
wanting to be in his presence. So when we feel it, let's not rush out. Is that okay? Um, would you turn these lights down, Chiago? I want people to be able to worship without looking around. If you need a healing in your body, just receive it and tell God, I need it right now. I need it right now because his presence is here. Let's just worship him, shall we?